0: All right, Tim, how you doing, buddy? It's, uh, you know, weeks after the new year, getting ready for the new year, getting ready for AHR,
1: the, the yeah, tr- um,
0: builder show, wet show, you name the show, we'll all be there.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's quite a few shows in the next week or two and we'll be there, but, uh, yeah, getting over the hangover, the holidays and start of the new year. It's, uh, weather's been pretty, Okay, so I'm hoping Chicago and AHR isn't too bad.
0: Yeah, yeah, and one of the guys on the podcast, Mike Princavage Jr., joins us. He will be at Wet and AHR doing his getting into trouble act. You know, somewhere getting <laughs> into trouble. Why How no,
2: me? How you, no, what, how's it going, Mike? <laughs> no, Mike what's what's going? going on? Nice to see you. Nice to see you guys. Been a, been a while, right? What since Thursday?
0: <laughs> yeah, I saw you twice yesterday, Mike, and now I see you again this this morning. So,
2: was his hair as well coiffed then as it is today? Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> we need to start putting video on these these podcasts so you can. see.
0: Although I gotta say, our next guest that we're gonna bring on has a pretty nice coiff of it hair. I'm he looking. does. It's yes, he nice. does. <laughs> okay. So we're excited to bring him on, Tim. What do you think? Should we Should we introduce him? Let's do it. Mike for this. Mike set this up. He's a good friend of Mike's. It's John Akoyan. He is the owner of the largest privately held plumbing contractor in California, Rotor Hero. John, how are you doing?
3: I'm hey, John. doing great. Thank you. Thanks, Sean. Uh, good to be on the show. Yeah. And uh, thanks, Mike, for setting that up. Yeah, of course.
0: Okay. So I have a quick question to start off right off the bat. It's a little game. Uh, John it's called did I make a huge mistake okay <laughs> I went out uh, uh, as we talked about before we jumped on I went out to visit Mike who we went to the gala out in uh, Orange, uh, Orange, Orange, Orange County. Orange County and uh, so as part of kind of the the stuff that we did as tourists my wife and I we went to Catalina Island John it was beautiful touristy but it was a beautiful place on the way back we had dinner reservations at javier's and crystal cove but we ran late and we had to cancel (laughs) what (laughs) mistake or not should i have gone to javier's Uh it's my favorite restaurant. So I know, uh, I read about it and I'm like, oh shit, I gotta bring this up because
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I, uh I I go there a lot uh with my wife and uh Mm -hmm. you know, we love hanging around uh Crystal Cove, so it's one of the the spots we love to go to and uh the food is amazing, the atmosphere is great. And they're currently closed right now, they're remodeling, so um Yeah, when you get back and have a chance to go, it's going to be a new and improved Javier's. So Okay. All right.
0: Cool, cool, cool. Uh we got a lot to unpack on the show because uh as I mentioned earlier, you're such an interesting guy. Um you said your parents immigrated here when you were a young child to uh, around the Hollywood, California area, is that right?
3: Yeah, that's where that's where my grandfather lived and uh when we uh got to uh, Los Angeles from Armenia, uh we lived with my grandfather for a couple of weeks until my parents uh found an apartment not too far from his apartment and uh we were able to move in and get our life started in in uh the United States yeah
0: and when you're uh you know you're a teenager around what seventeen, your dad had a heart attack passed away unfortunately yeah and, so
3: um, yeah he was uh he was a breadwinner of the family my mom didn't work my brother was going to college at the time to become an architect and I was in high school and when he passed away um it was like you know it was uh, devastating it was the most tragic thing I've experienced uh mm-hmm. you know losing a parent at 17 and I you know, I had to figure out uh what I was going to do. So I, I dropped out of high school and I went to work with a family friend who was a plumber and uh learned plumbing. And basically, you know, that's how I got into the trades. John, I'm curious what, you know, going back in time,
1: what were those valuable lessons you learned from your father that you still, you know, adopt and use today?
3: So one of the things I learned from my dad was hard work. I mean, my dad was, he he was a truck driver. So he would leave um, on a Monday early morning and then get back, you know, late Saturday. And, uh, and he would, uh, you know, he'd either go up and down uh, the coast to, you know, San Francisco and back dropping loads to San Diego, LA, San Francisco. He'd do that three times a week. And sometimes I'd go out with them and he was, you know, he just worked really hard and he'd come out, he'd come back on a Sunday or a Saturday. And then on Sunday, my brother and I would have to wash the truck and change the oil on the 18, you know, 18 wheeler. It was, uh, we'd have to go pick up the oil. It came in five gallon buckets. You know, it was pretty, you know, uh, pretty uh, a lot of oil going in a truck, big filters, you know. So, you know, we would start working on that. We would wash the truck. We'd wash the cab. We'd, change the sheets, do all of that stuff and prep it. So Wait, you take how old are you look. at this time? Uh, I was probably, you know, 12, 13, 14 as, as I was doing this. I mean, it was like every Sunday was our chore, and that's the time we used to spend with our dad because yeah. he was gone and most I, of the week. Can I have you uh, talk to my children
0: at some point <laughs> along in this podcast? Because <laughs> anyway, no, it, well, it, it builds like, you know, this character in you, right? This work ethic at such a young age. Um, I think that's that's really cool. I did read. Tell me if this is wrong or not, but you um had just bought a house, and things kind of went crazy. Your dad had passed away. You were like, "Oh my god, what are we gonna do?" And the thought was, "I'm not moving back into that apartment, right?" And you you were like, "We got to find something to do to 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 keep this this house."
3: Yeah, well, I you know we bought the house uh, about a year you know, before, uh, my dad passed. Mm -hmm. And, um, until then I was sharing a couch with my brother Mm because we grew up in a one bedroom apartment. Um, and the bathroom was through our parents' bedroom, you know, so it was, uh, you know, so, you know, a lot of times we didn't want to disturb them, you know, it's like, and it was a very inconvenient, uh, setup. Um, so, You know, here I am, you know, 15, 16 year old and my brother's 20 and, you know, we're sharing a couch still, you know, it was those couches that open up, you know, they Mm -hmm. kind of fold out and become a bed. And, um, so, you know, when he passed away and, and he, he was the one that saved up the money to pay the down for the house and everything. And and now I have my own room and, uh, those thoughts were coming to my mind because we're like, okay, how are we going to make the mortgage? Mm -hmm. right? I mean, are we going to lose the house? And, you know, he, luckily we sold a truck and then uh, another disaster happened because when I was working for the family friend, that was a a plumber, uh, you know, my mom, you know, I told my mom, look, I could, I could drive the truck. I've gone with my dad long enough to know how to, you know, operate this 18 wheeler, you know, I'll, I'll figure it out. And she's like, yeah, absolutely not. You're not going to, you know, your dad was always on the road and I don't want you to have that for your family, you know, mm. so it's not an option. And uh, her suggestion was get in the trades because we had a couple of uh, family friends that were plumbers and, and she's like, they have a great life, you know, and uh, they're not traveling all the time like your dad. So I know you you could put food on the table if you become a plumber. So if you're not going to go to school, just go into trades and, and you know, and I, I know you'll be fine. And, uh, it was, it was a great plan B because plan A was to go to college and, you know, be a attorney or a doctor or whatever my parents wanted me to be. Yeah. I would have ever been able to do that. Yeah. Was there ever a time
0: at that age where you're struggling with like just being a kid and hanging out with maybe the wrong people or doing some things that you shouldn't be, you know what I mean? Like that all happens to all of us at that age, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. You know, after my dad passed, I did hang out with the wrong crowd. I mean, I was still working, uh, and working really hard, but I just would hang out with the wrong people in the evenings and after work. Um, and it kind of led me into, you know, you know, not, you know, like uh, being influenced the wrong way, you know, because of, uh, my associations, you know, so, uh, but I did meet my uh, wife that I'm married to for 26 years now uh, at the time. And, uh, she had a great family and, uh, and she was an angel. She just, um, you know, called me on the, the, the crowd I was hanging out with and said, listen, you're not going to get anywhere with that. And, and I just hung out with her more. And then we got engaged and we were engaged for four years and then got married. And, uh, it kind of broke me out of that whole cycle of the wrong people I was hanging out with.
0: If you haven't heard, Navian's new NPF hydro furnace is on the market, and they're offering an unbelievable incentive to try it. This new furnace from Navian is 97% AFUE ultra-low NOx and has an industry-leading variable capacity ranging from 15 to 100%. Right now, contractors can get a $1,000 gift card when they go to Navianfurnace.com and submit their first NPF purchase info. Again, that's a $1,000 gift card. NPF purchases must be made between January 22nd and April 15th, 2024, and submitted through the form at navianfurnace.com by April 20th, 2024. See full promotion details at navianfurnace.com. Don't miss out on this great promotion, John, did
1: your brother graduate college or did he follow you and go into the trades as well?
3: Yeah, he he eventually became an architect. And then then, um, he really, I guess he had the wrong, you know, kind of uh, consumer base because he wasn't making any money doing architectural. So he came in and said, hey, John, you know, I want to be a plumber like you. So, you know, he worked with me for a few years and now he has his own plumbing company.
2: It's, it's so crazy. I listened to the story and I'm like, you know, John, you, you've, you've met my, my father, Mike senior, you know, and, uh, same dynamic. I mean, fortunately, he's, uh, he's, he's here with us, but he, uh, he is retired now. So it's, uh, it's nice to see him enjoying life. But, but when we were working together, it was always tit for tat, you know, and he, uh, that, that true honor value system was something he, uh, he really tried to emphasize with me and my, my younger brother who my younger brother actually works for me now. So Um, so it's, it's great to, great to see that, that transition. And, uh, and then, so you, you go from, you go from family life and, and getting started in the trades. Uh, what, you know, you transition into business ownership. What, what pushed that? Was there a, a motivation, uh, you know, on, on behalf of your family or was it a friend maybe?
3: Yeah. So opportunity. Yeah.
2: Opportunity. Yeah. yeah. So
3: I was, yeah, I was, uh, I was, I was a really good plumber. I mean, I would like to think I am until, I trained a friend of mine who picked it up and was doing plumbing better than I was after, you know, three to six months. And I was, you know, just dumbfounded by that, but he was, you know, then I got into profiling and figured out why, you know, he was just a lot more, you know, mechanical and hands-on than I was. I was, you know, I was forcing myself to become a good plumber and he was just a natural at it. But I, I, I guess when it changed is I had a couple of trucks and I was doing a lot of new construction, plumbing, commercial plumbing, And I was like 19 when I started my business. I was pretty young. I started in plumbing at 17 and at 19, you know, I was, uh, I had my own truck and I was doing my own. And I remember when I went to get my contractor's license, uh, back then they would take exceptions if you didn't have the four year experience. And I remember them interviewing me and going, Hey, you know, you're 19 and you're, you're applying for the, so I, I was able to convince them to let me take the test and I passed the test and I got my license when I was like 19 or 20, which was pretty amazing. But I was working on commercial stuff. And then one day I had a lot of money saved up because I, my wife was really good at saving money. She taught me how to, how to save. And at the time we were engaged and she taught me this and I, I wanted to invest in something. So I went and bought a, a franchising magazine to put money into you know, like a fast food franchise or something to make an investment. And then I saw a little plumbing franchise ad, you know, over there and I called it. And six months later or three months later, I ended up buying a plumbing franchise, you know, and uh, that's where I got my business, you know, experience. I didn't know how to read financials. I just knew that if my bank account was getting big, that I was making money and it kept growing. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm sure I'm making money, but then I learned about, you know, uh, business and you know uh financing and all the other things and marketing and that's when i you know got into residential yep. and did that for like 20 years i was uh their largest franchisee at the time and uh and i just you know they sold to an investment bank and things got very different you know um Tried to, started squeezing more royalties and having more products that they wanted to sell us that didn't really work, but they were making money on them. And I just, uh, you know, knew it was time to leave and, you know, just kind of uh, sold my franchises, got out of that agreement, and then started Rooter Hero Plumbing in 2011. And uh, i grew to becoming the largest residential plumbing company in uh, 10, 11, 12 years.
0: John, I do have a question regarding, you know, you started off basically, you know, late teens, 19, buying a, you know, a plumbing company going off on your own. Do you think it would be the same in today's environment? Would it be harder, easier to do something like that? Or how, how, what would that dynamic look like?
3: Well, when I started uh, my company, I I made a choice I was going to do, I was going to work, you know, six days a week, 10, 12 hours a day. That was my That was my decision. And what I did is I went door knocking. I went to, Mm -hmm. you know, every restaurant that I knew in the area, I just drive and park at one end and I just go introduce myself. And I remember the offer. I used to tell people the first jobs on me, whatever you Mm -hmm. need done free. Uh, I'll do the first one for free, earn your business. And then if you have any problems, call me, call me for service. And I do that for 10, 12 hours a day six, seven days a week. And, uh, I think if anybody's working is uh, willing to do that, Mm -hmm. um, I think, uh, they probably have the same opportunity today than I did back then. In fact, I think the opportunity might even be more, um, with the amount of aging plumbing we have. Well, that, and just technology, social media, you know, just, yeah, well, we didn't have that back
0: then. So I was a door
3: knocker, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like you you, you
0: really grinded it out, you know, and
1: that was going to lead me into my question, John, is how do you use technology today to stay ahead of the curve?
3: Just recently we started using AI a lot more, you know, with, uh, Chad, uh, uh, you know, GPT. Chad, uh, GPT-4 available where, you know, we're, we're having it help us with our ad designs. It's, it's helping us with scripts. It's helping us with all kinds of stuff. But the world has changed. I mean, I, I I've seen it all from when my dad had a tow truck company, you know, uh my first marketing job was to go to the payphones and 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 put a sticker on the payphone that said Sam's towing and it was his pager number. Right. Uh-huh. So they would page him from there with a cell phone with the number of the uh, payphone and he'd call back and it's like, so me and my brother used to go do that all day long and now everything's digital. There's no more payphones and and yeah. anything else. So now we do a lot of geofencing, you know, we do is some of the traditional stuff we still do, which is, you know, uh since we have mailboxes, we still try to get into the mailboxes, but uh we use as much digital as possible. I'd say 80% of our budget is on digital now and uh technology-based marketing.
2: Well, li- living in Los Angeles, I mean, I, I can't drive down the 10 freeway without bumping into one of your billboards as well. So i would say that that's pretty traditional you know well, that's what i was gonna right.
0: say let's get the elephant out of the room you got you guys are competitors are you telling me mike we're you guys competitors,
2: uh- <laughs> but i mean john's on a whole different level i mean we're yeah. Uh, yeah but uh no i mean i've always said this too like on our ig lives you know competitors uh there, there's plenty of fish in the sea i, I can't, yeah, they I can't make, emphasize that yeah, enough and, competition and I, even, makes it better for sure it, It does. And networking makes it even, even better, better, you know? Uh, and I I think
3: you'd agree, right, John? I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's, you know, there's just so much work out there that, you know, I don't even look at competitors as, as being like a problem for any business. I mean, most of the problems in a business is internal. You know, it's like, I love telling my team, you know, that uh, this, this analogy that I use is like, no ship has ever sunk because of all of the water in the ocean. It's, it's the water that gets into the ship. So, you know, we just have to make sure that we don't have holes in our boat. You know, that's all we got to worry about. You know, it doesn't matter who's out there, who's on the, who's, who's in the ocean. It's just endless, right? Let's just make sure that we uh, do the best we can to be a, a, a good, efficient company and everything else takes care of itself.
2: And I think one thing that I respect and I, I love about your organization, you specifically, is that you've developed uh, what most companies would consider standard operating processes. But yours goes to the core of integrity and value. You created values first, um, you know, which is a uh, uh, almost like a, a bible that you stand by. Correct? And uh, maybe you Absolutely. could talk a little bit about that. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So we have our, our values, you know, faith, integrity, respect, service, and teamwork and um we wrote a book about it which shows examples of you know us portraying those values in the workplace and uh it's it's a book that we give to every employee that gets hired at Rooter hero and uh and um you know we we also have it on audible and uh, it's it's also available for anybody uh but it's something that we we go by and we use the values to solve most of our problems we're not perfect but it gives us a guideline of you know what we need to do if we do have a problem, the values it's always values related. you know we can always go to that and it helps us clarify what the solution's going to be
0: so John, you're uh, an accomplished author. um one of the books you had written is temporarily Broken the John Akoyan story. Uh,
3: was this the first book you had written? no that's actually the last book i i the last wrote. one okay yeah okay um so the the first book uh i wrote is uh career in plumbing you know um how lucrative it is how it's a story about how i got into plumbing where you mm-hmm. know it was a plan b for me but it actually became a really good plan b because of my mom and her suggesting me getting into the trades and then the second one uh i wrote is uh called 99 millionaires it's uh yep. The book we wrote about, um, plumbing salespeople and how they can create a lot of wealth in the plumbing industry, uh, or in just a trades industry. You know, it starts with a nice fable in the front. I mean, we take our employees, our top, uh, 20% of our staff to, uh, Mexico for a vacation every year. And it starts with the story about us being on one of those trips, you know, so it's a, it's a really good, uh, book that talks about how to create wealth and, uh, in the trades. And then the third one is, uh, values first. And then I wrote a book called, uh, how I grew my plumbing company from the zero to 50 million in nine years and how I plan to triple it in the next five. Um, you know, that's a, ooh, ooh. Let's, book talk that that. f- let's
0: talk about that. Let's talk. Yeah.
3: So that a lot of the, you know, what I've done to grow the company and all the, you know, strategies we used and. All the departments we had to open up is is there. It just basically, I feel like you know, sharing with the whole uh, trade community is is something that's important. You know, if you could help other people achieve their goals, you're going to achieve yours. And then the last one I wrote was uh, temporarily broken. Uh, primarily, I wrote that book for my kids, and um, and then my uh, ghostwriter who helped me uh, kind of put the book together said, "Hey, this is really good. I think you should put it out." in the public. And then I gave it to a few friends and they're like, wow, this is a great story. You know, I think you should uh, publish it. And then I just kind of put it on Amazon after that.
2: I, I've I'm listened sorry, to go it. Ahead. No, no. I was just going to comment and say that I've listened to it and, uh, and you actually narrate the audible book as well, which is great because you really put like a flair, you know, in certain aspects of uh, you know, early history and that sort of thing you, you, you emphasize it. So
1: sorry, Tim, go ahead. <laughs> John, you've talked, multiple times in the last few minutes about your team. One of the challenges we find with the business owners that are our audience is strategies for attracting and retaining top talent. What's your secret sauce to getting a great team put together?
3: Being accessible is one because I've always been very accessible to my team and celebrating the wins together. You know, it's something we've done for many, many years. We're always recognizing our team for everything they're doing from getting reviews to, you know, winning awards at our annual holiday party to taking them on vacations. Um, and it, and I think mostly is showing up, you know, because I have a meeting with my team every week. Um, every month I get into a meeting. We call it an all team meeting and, uh, we're a very transparent organization. So we share all of our, you know, goals and our numbers and our EBITDA numbers and everything with our entire team. Um, because I'd like people to know where they're at. So I think people love to be part of something, you know, something great, something big, something exciting. And if you can continue to share the vision with the team, and then and then always recognize them when they're doing something right, you know, they, they tend to want to work harder and do a lot more for the company. And it's just been something that we've done from inception and something I, I love to do. And, you know, sometimes I'm a little too transparent is what people tell me. I mean, but I don't like surprises and I don't like surprising people. And I, I definitely like to talk about where the company's at, good or bad. I mean, there's been times I've gone into a all team meeting going, guys, you know, like, um, it's not good. <laughs> you know, these are the things we got to do to, to, to get the company to the next level. And, and this is the reason why you should do it, you know, because it's going to open up more doors. And so I think those are the the things that we do here at Rooter Hero. And, and me being accessible, I mean, going to our offices and being in front of our team and, you know, and just being there makes a big difference for them.
2: Yeah I I'd, I'd have to strongly agree with that even with a small organization like myself the family plumber you know being accessible uh you know with a small group is where you start and then you scale to the the level that you're at John and and to lose that is is uh really going to hurt a company if you're not if you're not somewhat accessible and and to your point transparency I, I I have to agree with you. A lot of owners say, "You know what? You can't be transparent." And I'm, I, I beg to differ. So I'm I'm in the same 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 team, John. You know, when it comes to uh, the way that uh, that you manage and lead a
3: company, I, I totally agree with those. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes the transparency backfires. Like, but it doesn't backfire too much. I mean, look, I recently had like a manager, you know, that quit to go start his own company with one of our salespeople. And uh, he's like, wow, you know, we're just making a whole lot of money and I want to, you know, start my own business. I'm like, great, go for it. You know, because, you know, when you're sharing your your numbers and the financials and everything, sometimes it motivates people to want to go do their own thing. You know, I try to create a win for all kind of, you know, atmosphere here. But, you know, sometimes people take that information and they want to go become your competitor, which is okay. I mean, it happens, Right. Uh, and you know, that's when some people are like, Hey, you're being too transparent. You're showing people exactly how to go start their own business. I go, you know, what if I didn't educate them and they stayed and didn't know how to run our business? You know, how bad would that be? Right. Yeah. True. Exactly. Um, Mike, you know, we've talked a lot. We do
0: the Instagram lives and stuff like that. You had mentioned that your business experience a little bit of a low. Um, how, how are both of you guys, how are you seeing early 2024?
2: And the rest of the year. Oh, I'll let John answer this one first. I was actually, I just talked about this a, a couple of weeks ago, but John, yeah, I'm curious. What, what does 2024 look like? First quarter. Well, it's a
3: lot, it's a lot different from the beginning of 2023. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not as, it's, it's getting a little harder and, uh, you got to just roll up your sleeves and do more work. And, and that's fine. I think it's going to be a great year. I think 2024 is going to be amazing and it's already off to a good start. And, um, you know, our goal is to, you know, open up multiple centers. You know, I think whenever the economy is down, there's an advantage to getting into markets and doing certain things. So we're definitely looking at growing. We're looking at double downing on all of our efforts and uh, just seeing what the results will be. Just put in the hard work and, uh, and eventually you know, everything will come together. Well, let me ask you
0: this. Um, and this is not a plug for service Titan, but we want to share, you know, success stories or whatever you're using. But, uh, Mike had mentioned that you're an early adopter of service Titans products and services and talk about how that has helped grow the business.
3: Yeah. I remember when we were looking at changing softwares back then, that's when I met Vahe and Ara, and, um, we're going to go with this uh, one other software. We're on this software called Dispatch Pro, which was a, not the Dispatch Pro that Service Titan has, not the feature they have, uh, which is Dispatch Pro, but the software was called Dispatch Pro. It was written on an old Fox uh, database system, and it was kind of slow and clunky, and it was like, you know, certain things that it didn't do. Um, and I was looking at going on another software, and they were telling me all the things that they wouldn't be willing to do. I was wanting to customize it for our own business needs. And, uh, one of the things we wanted was a cradle to grave marketing report. So when we went to Vahe and Nara, when they were just starting and I'm like, look, you know, we have a unique phone number. When that phone number rings, you know, we want to know, we want that to trace and go back to telling us how much our revenue was, you know, from that phone number. He's like, yeah, that's simple. I mean, I'm like, well, nobody else could do it. Can you guys do it? He's like, yeah, we could do it. So that was one of the key features uh, that they were able to develop as they were starting the the software and um, and they just kept building on that and building on that and eventually became you know so robust that you know most of the uh, you know plumbing and trades uh, got onto that software. So it was the meeting at a ski chalet?
0: by chance
3: oh <laughs> uh, no they they met uh when they met uh, together know. it was uh it was uh, at a uh yeah i know, you know at a, a ski chalet but i yeah. it was actually <laughs> at the at big bear i think they were checking into a hotel when they yeah. met oh i love uh, the story. I, yeah that was a great it's in it's one of the chapters in my story that i talk oh, about cool. them and and they uh, and they said that they were, you know, right about to close the business down before we, you know, helped get one of the biggest accounts they have now. And we're very instrumental on helping that happen. And, and it kind of propelled the business to being what it is now.
0: That's actually pretty cool because, you know, they help you grow. But in actuality, the size of your company helped them grow at the same time, right? That's cool. Yeah.
1: So I'm here, you know, we're talking about plumbing, but what I'm really hearing is a lot of data-driven information here. And John, I would ask you, how much does data drive the business processes?
3: I mean, we make decisions on data all the time. Everything is based on data and it's, um, and having the availability or having the reporting to give you that crucial information is extremely valuable. And we didn't have that info. That's why, you know, marketing being our second largest expense item next to payroll, you know, we wanted to get more data on marketing and no other software provided that data. And, uh, when they developed it and they were able to, you know, give us that data, it it really helped us on in the early days, make so many good marketing decisions that helped propel the company to grow. Um, so I think data is really important.
2: Yeah. And I, I'd agree with that. Well, you know, that story about being an early adopter with service Titan, you know, sits so close to me as well, because, uh, (laughs) I was, I was the, uh, I was the young son, you know, my dad was on paper invoices, you know, till I took over the company and, uh, and to get him to switch over to service Titan was like, you know, pulling teeth, you know, and I, I think once we did, that was a game changer like an absolute game changer for us. So um, so a testament to service Titan on that for sure. Um, data, data. How, how often do you think, you, you know, you're, you're reviewing with your team, but is it on a monthly basis, a weekly basis, daily? I mean, how, how, how often should a business owner really be, you know, checking their numbers and looking at all this information?
3: I mean, I, I get auto reports from them all the time. So I'm looking at it on a daily basis on certain reports. Uh, there are certain reports we look at it weekly and monthly. Um, but I think the, uh, you know, depending on what are those key drivers are, you should be looking at reports all the time. It's another feature. I mean, they created, I used to have, you know, my closing dispatcher do all the reports and send it to me every evening. And then they created the auto reporting feature, which automatically generates the report and sends it to you. And it's more accurate than, you know, somebody making a mistake in Excel, you know, <laughs> true. <laughs> So we opened with uh, telling our audience
0: that you're uh, the largest privately held plumbing contractor, but in terms of like trucks and employ I mean, what are we talking about?
3: Uh, we're, we're about 500 employees. Mm-hmm. We, we have about uh, 300 plus trucks on the road. And you're in, a, in other States too. I, I, I We're, remember. we're in Arizona. Uh, we're mm-hmm. getting ready to open in Nevada as well. We have a couple okay. of locations. This year we want to open up in Nevada, uh, so we're in Phoenix and then most of California. We, we don't uh-huh. cover the uh, central California, which is sort of like Bakersfield, Fresno, uh, mm-hmm. but we're pretty big in Northern California and Southern.
2: I'm sure you, I'm sure you can't wait for that uh, that express train to go from uh, from LA, oh, yeah. right? <laughs> that, that'll be, that'll be your daily
0: commuter. <laughs> I did read that you were doing some developing or gotten into the develop aspect of, of construction. Talk about that a little bit.
3: Yeah. I, when I, in my early days in plumbing, I was a new construction plumber. So I've been around uh, projects and, you know, uh, been around development quite a bit. And uh, that was an area that, um, you know, I, I invested in. So we're building just uh, a few projects here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, It's something that I do on my weekends on Saturdays. I usually, you know, go out to the development sites and look at the progress. We have a couple of foremans that are helping with the project and, and it has its own staff that's doing all the work over there.
1: John, we've talked, you talked a lot about the value system that you have in your, uh, uh, with your culture and your, with your company. What inspires you or makes, or makes you tick?
3: What inspires me primarily is a a quote I heard a long time ago from Zig Ziglar. He was one of the guys I used to go and try to visit every time he was speaking at an event and read his books and everything. And one of the things he he said that resonated with me a long time ago is that if you help enough people achieve their goals, you will achieve yours. So that made me want to become a giver Um, and have a giver's mentality. And I guess, you know, that's basically what primarily is driving me with my family, uh, with my business, with the people I work with is finding out what their goals are. One of the things that I love to ask and I ask in any interview question when I'm, you know, dealing with somebody that's going to come in and help me build this company. Is that if we were sitting here three years into the future, what has to have happened over those three years for you to feel good about your results, both personally and professionally? And do you mind if I take notes? And and I would start writing down everything they would tell me, and then if they were somebody that would come along, I would I I'd, I'd put that in my calendar and uh, check up on them uh every so often and go, hey, just wanna know, you know, are we helping you get this goal done? If it's a professional goal or a personal goal, and then just following up with them until, you know, um and, and showing that look, I, I do care. I want I want to help make that happen. And if we could create a vehicle to make that happen, then I think we'll have a lot of engaged people here. Kind of piggybacking off of that, um, like I
0: mentioned, your your career and your life has is- an interesting story to me, you know, starting off as you know a teenager and getting into the plumbing industry and buying your own company, and you know now owning this company. If you could,
3: what are you most proud of? I'm I'm most proud of uh, of a few things. I've got a couple of of uh, you know things that are are really important to me, and one of them is my family. I'm I'm really proud of my two boys, Andrew and Christian, and uh, just. Yeah, what they're turning out to be. And, you know, um, they definitely my wife, um, you know, she's ever since we've gotten married, she's actually uh come into the business and helped me with everything that I do until today, she's still in the business. And um so I'm I'm really proud to have such an incredible family and I'm proud of the brand we built and the people that helped build it. You know, because uh, this did not happen with just me. You know, a lot of people put me on their shoulders and lifted me up and helped us get to a different level. And if it wasn't for all of those good people that are here uh, at Hero Land that are continuously doing what they're doing, this would not be possible. So I feel like I owe it to this team uh, and the people in this company to do whatever I can to help them with their families. Uh, so I, I, work really hard to, you know, figure out ways to help everybody, especially the ones that have been here and, and continue to work really hard to help this company become what it is. And coming
2: awesome. from a, coming from a yeah. local competitor. I mean, I, I, I second that John, you're doing an amazing job at it. You, you, uh, I, you inspired me, you know, especially over the past couple of years, you know, since we've uh, talked more and more, um, you know, and, uh, it, it you're, you yeah, you're doing an amazing thing for the the community, plumbing community, but also HVAC too, all all around. So glad to hear you say that, and it's working. It's working, man.
0: Thanks. Yeah. And when I hear Hero Land, I I envision a, a theme park. So maybe as a developer, is that something in the future? You're gonna have like a Roto Hero
3: theme park, or you know, <laughs> compete with uh, Disney out there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we we do have uh uh you know, we do have a couple acres here in uh Porter Ranch that we're oh there you go our headquarters (laughs) in and we've got uh we've got plans to uh you know make it a uh very memorable experience for all of our staff that goes through it. So we're working hard. We're just trying to get permits and you know, being in Los Angeles and being in California, especially getting permits is uh is a task of its own. So we're almost at the finish line. (laughs) Cool. Of getting the permits, <laughs> not starting <laughs> breaking ground yet.
1: Well, I loved hearing about the transparency. I loved hearing about the giving, the values, the family focus. Uh, it's evident when John and Mike and I talked earlier before we brought you on, John, that this was going to be a great segment. And it's undoubtedly, no doubt it has
0: been.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah. you.
0: And it's been a, yeah, like Tim says, pleasure getting to know you, seeing you face to face and, um, that continued success. And thanks so much for jumping on. We really appreciate the time.
2: Yeah. Thank you, John. Thank you.
3: I, I appreciate being on it. Uh, and thank you, Mike, for inviting me to be here with John and Tim on this podcast. And of so course. Tim, can you
0: firmly say who has the best coiff of hair before we jump off? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with John here.
1: Oh, oh. J- J- JP, JP, you've got a good quaff of hair under that hat as well. I'm the only <laughs> one that's follically challenged on this podcast today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all, right. All, right. all right. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much, Mike. Thanks for setting this up. Appreciate all you do too. So have a thank great, you, yes. uh, have a great weekend guys. This appetite for construction podcast is brought to you in part by PERC, the Propane Education and Research Council. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially construction pros. It's a single clean energy source that can meet your project's performance, safety, and resilience goals while maintaining efficiency and lowering costs. See how propane can help meet your project's needs by visiting propane.com now. Propane, it's the energy for everyone.